You've got a vision, you've got an idea, you have a business, but you can't seem to move forward. You've come to the right place. Welcome to Vision Possible. The show that empowers you to believe, conceive, and achieve your goals. We are your hosts, Butch and Julianne Hartman. We are business owners, entrepreneurs, authors, wealth strategists, television producers, and content creators who have negotiated multi-million dollar deals. We'll teach you the secret formula to success. Learn how to make your daydream your day job. Find out more at visionpossible.net. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Take your business and scale it to the next level. Get ready to transform your life by making your vision possible. Hey everybody, Butch Hartman here. Welcome to Vision Possible, where we want to help you make your daydream your day job. Please do not forget to like and subscribe. We want the Vision Possible name to get out there as much as possible. We think we have a lot of awesome information to share here on this channel. We really want to share it with people like you who are entrepreneurs at heart. You guys want to make your lives better. You want to create a new branch on your family tree. You've got a vision that can change the lives of others. And that's what is so exciting to us here in Vision Possible. Because you know what? There were many times when I was coming up in the Hollywood entertainment industry where I didn't know what to do next. I didn't know who to trust. I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what steps to take, who to call, uh, 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 how to promote this, how to do that. You know, I was a worker, so I would do all my artwork and stuff, and I didn't have time to go to meetings and things. And anyway, long story short, I'm just glad there's a resource like this out there for you now because I wish I had this when I was younger. So hopefully this is helping you. Hopefully you're getting a lot out of this channel. I think it's a joy to be here with you. Um, here at Vision Possible, we have five amazing teachers I, of course, am the lowest on the totem pole because we have four other great teachers. We have Nathaniel Spears. He's an expert on leadership because he's already started four successful businesses and an awesome, successful nonprofit. Anyway, he's he's great. He's a, he's awesome to have here. My beautiful daughter, Carly Hartman, who is also 25, and um, she is an expert at social media marketing. She works for a multi-million dollar company uh, doing their social media and marketing and is a whiz at what she does. And uh, just because she's my daughter doesn't mean that she needs to be on this channel. She's here because she's talented and she's successful and has a lot to share with you. So check out her teaching on marketing. My amazing wife, Julianne Hartman, who's an incredible motivator and just loves people so much and has done a million things in the entertainment industry. She was a producer. She was a head of a writing staff. She's been a, uh, a line producer as well. She's been a, a costumer. She's been my right-hand person for the last uh, 29 years of our marriage. She's helped me do everything. All these shows I've worked on, I could never have done them without her. She's been in the trenches with me all that time. She knows what she's doing. Listen to her teaching. And then last but not least, of course, is Ryan Haley. Ryan is great at financial planning and financial leadership. So check out his teachings. You're really going to enjoy them, okay? So hopefully uh, you're, uh, you're, you're into Vision Possible. Take our Vision Spectrum quiz. Go to visionpossible.net. Check us out over there. And you take the quiz. You can see where you are in your visionary journey, whether you're at level one, level two, level three. Maybe you're a younger person who hasn't really started off on their journey yet. You don't know how to get going. Or you're an older person who started... And maybe things have slowed down for you. You don't know how to start up again or what steps to take. Maybe if you hit a roadblock, we can help you with that as well. There's a wide array of people on this channel, so check us out. Okay, so I'm in my cartoon environment. This is my happy place right here. Uh, this is just my home office too. I have another office off-site that I go to that is just as colorful and fun as this office. You may have seen it in a few of my videos as well. You can check out my YouTube channel as well and go over there and see my office too. But I love being surrounded by creative energy. 
I love being surrounded by color. I love being surrounded by fun. I love imagination. I love fantasy. I love uh, comic books, cartoons, superheroes, movies. I love all of that stuff. And by the way, who says you can't make a living at that, right? Yes, you can, and you can too. And uh, I, I mean, I, I did, and, and I want you to as well, because you deserve to. Why can't you do what you want to do? You can do it, and I'm here to help you. So we were talking about writing for animation, and uh, let me just recap briefly. Uh, we talked about the concept. You need to have a concept, an idea. That's right, a little light bulb, ding. There's the light bulb right there, ding. Goes over your head. So you have, you have to have a concept. Um, is your concept yours or someone else's? Meaning, are you working on your own show or are you working on someone else's show? And if you work on someone else's show, your job is to make their life better and easier and make that project better. If you can make things better and easier and make things funnier, like come into a show and make it funnier and better, boy, they will reward you like you can't believe, trust me. But if you come in there and you're unsure of yourself or you're scared or you don't know what you're doing or you're you know, uh, abrasive and not fun to work with, that's another thing. They're, they're not going to want you around. Another thing about, a writing, uh, about being a writer in animation, I didn't say this last time, but I, I mean to say this now, you really need to understand that you are there to work as part of a team. And it's not about getting all the glory for yourself, although that does come and people seek after that. Some people seek after that's all they seek after. But if you're a part of a team and make that team better, you'll all be lifted up. A rising tide lifts all boats, right? So you will be glorified by the great work you do as a team. Okay, so but making the show great is just going to enhance your uh, your resume and uh, build your body of work. And people will say, oh yeah, hire so-and-so. They're great. I worked with them before. It's also a very small industry. The Hollywood writing industry is a very small industry. And if uh, people know you and get wind of you and understand, you know, if they hear that you're not the greatest to work with, they're not going to want to be around you. And you're not going to get a lot of jobs. And that's key as well. So be a nice person. All right, we also talked about writing experience. Do you have any? If you don't have any, get some. Well, I can't get a job and start writing on your own. Stephen King, the novelist, wrote all of his own novels on his own. In fact, his the first novel he ever sold, a novel called Carrie, he threw it in the garbage. This whole manuscript, about this thick, this much paper, threw it in the garbage back in the 70s and when it was typewritten too, probably no backup files. Threw it in the garbage. His wife said, this is too good. She took it out of the garbage and they sent it to a publisher and he got his first book printed, uh, published, and that movie was made of it, Carrie. And uh, that launched him into the stratosphere successful-wise. Uh, success -wise. So, um, you know, but Stephen King had to realize that, you know, nobody was hiring him at first. He just wrote his own novel. He had no direction from anybody. just sat down and wrote it. By the way, you can do the exact same thing. Start writing some scripts. What's your favorite cartoon? Write an episode. What's your favorite sitcom? Write an episode. But I've never done that. Learn. Go online. Look how scripts are formatted. Learn how, they, I, I said this too in the last video. Script formatting is very important. You've got to look professional. You've got to look professional. I said this last, you know, I, the last time that you're, um, if you're playing baseball, you got to play baseball by the rules of baseball, right? You know, there's nine men on the field. You play the game. Ball goes here. Batter goes here. You don't want to start playing your own rules when you're playing the game because no one's going to take you seriously. If you're writing scripts and they're formatted all over the place and they're jumbled and no one can make sense, they're going to look at you as an unprofessional person and not want to hire you. They don't have time. No, it's nothing personal. They just don't have time to teach you. You need to learn out there and then come in here with the knowledge. Okay, so um, writing experience, storytelling ability. Do you have any storytelling ability? 
Have you ever held people's attention at a party or a gathering of any kind and, and just told a great story? And people are like, wow, that was real. What a great story. You tell jokes well. Are you the kind of person that can verbally tell a story? And by the way, if you can't verbally tell it, chances are you can't tell it writing-wise, although I don't want to stick to that because some people can write, but they're very shy. So I don't want to say that you can't do that because you absolutely can. But there are those that can tell a story verbally and not write too, so there's that as well. But I just want you guys to be able to tell a story verbally as well as write it because there's going to be times in a room where you're going to have to pitch a story verbally and you're going to have to be on your two feet talking to people saying, here's my idea. And you're going to have to verbally tell them. And if you can't do that, sometimes it looks like you are shy and maybe you're not the one for the job. That, 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 that's just real what I'm talking about. So think about that. Try to break out of that shyness cocoon that you're in if you can. If you can. No rush. It's on your time. Okay. So uh, now we're going to talk about <clears throat> some new stuff here. Writing for animation is no different than writing for live action in many ways. There's a few differences, not many. People think there's a ton of differences. There's really not. Every live action story and every animation story has <clears throat> a bunch of things in common. One of them, well, first of all, there's a hero. There's usually a villain. And there's another thing that's very important called the three-act structure. What is three-act structure? Well, very easy. Act one, act two, act three. Um, and that's basically, you can say it this way, the beginning, the middle, and the end. You know, how many times you've seen a movie with a fantastic ending? You're like, God, that was a great ending. Wow, what a great ending. You know, there's some movies I can think of off the top of my head. These are a little older, but like The Shawshank Redemption, great ending. You know, uh, Forrest Gump, great ending. Um, what's another one? I, was, I just hadn't thought of my head. Oh, Officer and a Gentleman, great ending. Star Wars, great ending. Toy Story, great ending. Man, that was a great ending. You know, Great third act. You know, what a great, great conclusion. There's other movies I go into where it starts off great and the ending is lame. You know, and that, that shows me that their three-act structure wasn't as tight as it could have been. And who knows why? Maybe the writer did write it correctly. producer changed it. Maybe the producer had a better idea. The writer didn't listen to him. I don't know. But, you know, those things happen. But basic three-act structures, act one is the setup. It's called the inciting incident. What happens in act one, probably within the, if you're writing a screenplay, we're talking movies here. So we'll talk about an animated movie, okay? And TV shows have the same three-act structure, just they're shorter versions of each. Um, if I'm writing an 11-minute episode of The Fairly Odd Parents, it also has a beginning, middle, and an end, but those all occur within 11 minutes. If I'm writing a 90-minute feature film, that's what feature films are, they're 90 minutes. To qualify as a feature film, it's got to be 90 minutes. And a screenplay, you, uh, the way you count minutes in a screenplay is every page of a screenplay is about a minute of film time, usually. It can, it can vary, of course. But uh, So 90 pages is 90 minutes. So your average screenplay is 90 pages long. Are you cut out to write a 90-page story? It's big. It's, it's, a, it's a tall order. I've written many of them. And it, it's, at first, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then about four pages in, you're like, wow, this is really big. So um, it comes down to writing an outline first. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you want to have your three-act structure. Act one is your inciting incident, like I said. Uh, so that is, act one is where the inciting incident happens. It starts the story off. Marty McFly gets into a DeLorean. He goes back in time and ends up in 1955. That's the inciting incident. In the first 15 pages of the script, at the first 15 to 20 minutes of a story, that of a movie, <clears throat> that's where the inciting incident happens. So if you're on page 40 and nothing's happened yet, 
your chances are you're not writing your script correctly. Okay, so inciting incident in the first 15 pages. Act two is pages, I think, 15 to like 65. The next 50 pages are the story, or the basic story, like act two, you know, the hero's journey, the arc. They have the, and there's also a character arc you gotta think about. Character goes from here, the low point, way up here, and it finally ends up where he's going to go. It's called a character arc. He goes through this journey and then boom, ends up there. And um, ends up in a much better place, hopefully, by the end of the movie. Uh, so act two is the adventure of the story. What happens? Marty, Marty realizes this is 1955. He uh, prevents his father from meeting his mother. He begins to erase his own existence. He's only got a week until the, the lightning hits the clock tower. He's got to formulate a plan. And so by, by this time, at this last second on this day, he's driving under the lightning bolt to set himself back to the future. Great story setup. And then the conclusion is he realizes that he uh, not only saved himself, but he saved his family and made their lives better. And that's the conclusion. So, and that's the last page, 65 to like 90. That's 25 pages, maybe maybe 20 pages. So that's the story. That's a three-act structure. Are you able to do a three-act structure? Have you ever done that before? If you've, if you've written uh, jokes, you if you've ever told a joke, you've, you've done a three-act structure. You've got a setup. You've oh, actually you've got a, yeah, a setup. Uh, and then uh, punchline, then conclusion, or whatever. That's a setup. That's a, you've done a three-act structure just by telling a joke, you know. Setup, story, punchline. That's your that's your um, your three acts that you've done in a joke. So you've probably done that many times, but didn't really realize it. Um, and speaking of jokes, are you good at jokes? With animation, ninety-nine percent of the time they're going to be jokes in the story. Yes, there's animated movies with no jokes. Yes, they're very serious animated movies. They're very serious. There's a lot of DC comic stories that are very serious. You know, Batman movies and or Batman animated movies and Superman animated movies and Justice League and all this. Yes, they're very good, very well told stories. No jokes in them. There's a few jokes. But if you want to tell like a, a Toy Story type of story or a Pixar type of a story, everybody sort of focuses on that. Or even like an old classic Disney, Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, those types of things. Those all have three-act structures. The, the hero starts out here, Maybe not in their best place. They go through a journey at the end and they end up somewhere better than they are than, than they started. That's the hero's journey. That's got to be in every single story. And you might think it's not in every story, but it is. The good, the, the good writers can hide it really well. It's not super obvious. Look at the movie Rocky. Rocky is a down-and-out fighter. Nothing's going right for him. He meets a girl. Uh, he starts to fall in love with her. He actually gets her to go out with him. And then he gets a shot at the championship. Through a fluke, he gets a shot to fight the champ of the world. And he becomes famous. So he starts working out. He's going to win. And uh, at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, he doesn't win. But he becomes a stronger, better person as a result. And his life changes and gets better. It's a victorious story. It's a story about an underdog. Everybody likes a story like that. And you can tell because Rocky has been around since 1976. There's been like 10 movies made of Rocky and uh, Stallone's built his career on that. But you can create a great character with a great story, a simple story that audiences will love and want to see more of. And that can be done in animation or live action. So it's all about great characters too. But let's go back to this. Um, animation is no different than live action. Oh, the other thing too I was going to get to, and this is very important, I'm glad I mentioned Rocky, is character development. Character development in animation. You have got to create a character or characters, plural, that an audience wants to spend time with. 
Think of your favorite movie that you love. Maybe we'll, I mean, I'll talk about Harry Potter for a second. Okay, like Harry Potter uh, started off as a novel, but it was a very popular novel and then became a series of novels uh, because the audience who was reading those books became so enamored with those characters, they had to make movies out of them. Let's make movies out of these. Well, everyone loves these characters. And now look how huge Harry Potter has become. It's taken over the planet. You know, it's become one of the biggest things uh, in entertainment history because the characters are so strong. Yes, there's special effects. Yes, there's great music. Yes, the movies are directed well and all that, all that stuff. But nobody would have anything to hang their hat on at all if the characters weren't great. So creating characters for animation is key. But those are some of the essentials of writing for animation. But remember, guys, if you're writing anything, the key is storytelling and the, and the key is storytelling well. And... If you're a writer and you're writing stuff, write a few pages of something and see if anybody can understand it. Give it to a trusted friend. Have them read it and see what they think. And there's another thing you've got to get used to, criticism. Not harsh criticism, but feedback. Let's call it feedback. You've got to get used to feedback. And now why feedback? Why is feedback such a big thing? Because it affects everything. You can either listen to it or you cannot listen to it. You know, uh, When I was working at Nickelodeon, and we'd write a script for Fairly Odd Parents, Danny Phantom, Tough Puppy, Bunsen is a Beast, any one of my shows, we always had to run it through the network. The Nickelodeon network had some representatives. They just had to make sure the shows were going well. So we had to run our scripts through these people, wonderful people, but they occasionally would have ideas. And in fact, every time they had ideas, like, hey, they would never really interfere, but they would sometimes say, hey, uh, this idea isn't as strong as it could be. Could we maybe add this to it? And on occasion, I would say, no, I don't really feel that strongly about that, but thanks for the suggestion. Maybe we could do this. I always wanted to work with people. I'd be like, sure, we could try that or we could try this. And by the way, if something was better than what I had, absolutely. Heck, let's put that in there. I never thought of it that way. That's a great idea. You got to be flexible. And as a writer, especially, especially a writer in television or movies, if you're going to write for entertainment in any way, you've got to be flexible. You're going to have a much easier time and give the people around you an easier time if you're flexible. You've got to be that way. You've got to be an artist that can listen to feedback and take you know, constructive criticism and learn. And by the way, there's gonna be times people will tell you things or suggest things that they're just like silly. No, we're not doing that. Or we can't do that. Or we did, maybe, or maybe they're not educated. Hey, maybe you tried this. Oh, we already did that two years ago in the show. Maybe they're not educated in your show, whatever. But there's things like that you gotta be prepared for as well. But character development is huge. We'll talk about that. It's really going to be awesome the day you create a character that people absolutely love and they want to see more of, you know? I don't know if it's a, if it's a hungry bear or a cute little hummingbird or maybe it's a an outer space alien or maybe it's a human character that plays guitar. I don't even know what it would be. But you have a great character inside of you cuz you have great character inside of you. I always say this, you know, um create characters that create character in others. And so if you can do that, man, you're gonna be really on the road to success. It's going to be awesome and you're gonna have a great, great uh, creative journey. So writing for animation, it's not that much different than writing for live action. And we're gonna get into this. It's a very deep subject. It's a very deep well, but a lot of people wanna do this and you don't have to be an artist to do it. To be, If you wanna work in animation, all the writers I hired on Fairly Odd Parents, none of them were artists at all. They didn't draw. Their job was to write jokes. I lived in two worlds. I would draw and I would write. So I knew both sides of the coin. I was I was kind of a rare bird in my day where I, I did both. A lot of people didn't. So a, lot, a lot of people do now, but um, really had a great time doing that. But the thing is, to be successful, you got to be flexible. 
learn how to learn that three-act structure. Act one, act two, act three. Act one, inciting incident. Act two is the story. Oh, I meant, I meant to say this. At the bottom of act two, it's when the character is at his lowest point. At bottom of act two, character's at the lowest point. And act three is when they come back and make a big comeback, okay? You know, Spider-Man, he's about to get hurt. Act three, he comes back. You know, whatever that's going to be. So, and then um, animation is no different than live action. Learn how to tell jokes. Are you funny? Are you a funny person? <laughs> if you're going to write comedy for animation, you probably should be a funny person. Learn how to be a funny storyteller, not just a storyteller. And then learn character development. Create great characters. You've been listening to Vision Possible. To get more information or to contact Butch and Julianne to schedule your private coaching session, go to visionpossible.net. That's visionpossible.net.